What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here. Mr. Ryan Muckenhern across from me. Now, Ryan, you are uh, you're a gentleman. You're, uh, you're, you're classy. Mm. You appreciate the finer things in life as it relates to sporting items. You're a gun enthusiast. You're, I'd say, more than an amateur historian when it comes to fine firearms. I'm not paid to do it, so I'm still an amateur. Oh. Amateur. Okay. Yeah. You like wing shooting. I do. You are a rough grouse aficionado. I like to chase them. Whether or not I can hit them on the wing is up for debate. Mark, you and I became fast friends (laughs) many years ago. Well, also up for debate is whether or not they can fly. Yeah. That's how I knew I loved Mark. (laughs) It's like day six for me at Vortex. They can fly? Shot a lot of grouse, Ryan. I'm not sure you're correct in that they can fly. Uh, Shotguns. You sometimes say that I shouldn't pursue grouse with a 12-gauge autoloader synthetic-type shotgun. I think it should be illegal. So what is, then, in fact, and we're going to get to the question of the day here, what is your dream Upland shotgun and why? Well, let's back up just a quick brief second and talk about the 12-gauge and the shotgun and the grouse thing. Um, you can hunt grouse with a 12-gauge if it was your grandpa's gun, your dad's gun, or if it has side locks, hammers, um, or was built, I'm going to say, before 1940. That was an arbitrary number. I just you're, really, you're really handcuffing a lot of folks here. It's a joke, but they're just... Why? They're, they're little, Mark. Oh, my. Yeah, they're little, and they like to fly behind... We've talked a little bit about... Brush busting cartridges oh, before. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you got more. Uh, I'll you tell got you, more chances. I'll tell you, you what. Got I more, like. You got more chances out there with the old twelve gauge. I like. I like how fancy sometimes grouse hunting makes me feel because I could, you know, put the get up on and yeah. Sometimes hunt with a fancy dog. I never. I've never shot a limited grouse in my life. I've been close, but I've never shot a full. Limit I did grouse. I one day. I got a limit one day. And I like going on YouTube, and there's a uh, couple of fellas in the uh, fellas in the northeastern part of the United States that film their grouse hunts, and all these gentlemen and the ladies that hunt with them as well mostly shoot 12 gauges, and they are some wing shooting SOBs. I mean, gr- granted, it's filmed through a GoPro, so you don't have a lot of depth of field in the video, and you know, they they just crush birds 12 gauge, and there's a reason for it. You get more BBs. Yeah. The more BBs you got, the less aim it take, and and they do a yeah. good job of. You got more uh, more gas, yeah. you know, more fuel. It's a it's for those listening, ready to write a nasty gram. It's a joke. You can hunt with a twelve gauge. Yeah, you're not saying like it's a joke if you do. You're like you're just you're no. in jest. You're Inge- saying yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if I had the right twelve gauge, how come I'd you never it. tell me that when you say that to me that you're kidding? Then because I hold you to a different <laughs> standard. <laughs> What about so you said it makes you feel fancy? It I don't, does. We're turning we're turning a ten minute talk into. We'll be, lucky, we'll be lucky if we get out of here in twenty. So I want you to before we uh, what do we talk? We're uh, we're kind of teasing. We're uh, you know the main topic here. Yeah. You and Bill went grouse hunting the other day. Yeah, yeah we do that. And you were probably feeling fancy. Yeah, oh yeah. And then you ran into a dude. Oh, that this was is finding, great. yeah, the high success. Let me tell you this story. So describe uh, describe you and Bill. Yeah, and then your counterpart. 
so my good friend Bill, colleague on, on the consumer sales and technical team, you may have talked to him on the telephone or got an email from him. Great, great guy. Love Bill. Bill's a grouse man through and through. I'm, my hat's off to Bill. He's more passionate about grouse than I am. Um, and Bill is the only guy I know in, in the part of Minnesota where Bill is from to have found a roughed grouse. And he found that same bird like three times. He thinks it's the same bird. I believe him. Bill's got a phenomenal dog. Wait, you guys, what do you mean found a rough grouse? What do you mean? In, in this part of Minnesota where he's oh, from. Oh, okay, gotcha. A typical I to see find, what you're saying. A typical to find the species there. Uh, Bill has a phenomenal bird dog. Jake, you've probably seen him on some Beautiful. of the videos. Um, the dog is as much a part of the relationship that Bill and I have as, as Bill and I are a part of the relationship. So I, I get to mooch off of his hound, Jake the dog. Anyway, uh, Bill's a great wing shooter. Um, he and I shoot clays together with decent frequency, um, and then we it, like to... Yeah, sometimes uh, in the town that I live in. Sometimes. Just once. That was hurtful. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, Bill and I make this great escapade to the northern part of Minnesota, just on the Canadian border. And um, we go up there, and we've got all the things that make us look like you know, grouse hunters of extreme adeptness and capability straight out of the orvis catalog oh yeah is that what we're okay yeah we got the fancy boy gun dog and the fancy boy guns and all this stuff and and he and i i don't know how many miles we walked on that trip it was a lot i think we did 31 or 32 miles in two and a half days and uh, we killed some grouse we missed some grouse i got one bill got one i think i missed three bill missed five Um, okay heavy foliage so I'm not making excuses, but lots of foliage up at that point in time in the year. You know what helps solve that problem? 12-gauge. <laughs> um, and sixes. But <laughs> we're going on this this trail that I've hunted in the past and, and have enjoyed success on. I actually killed a bird on the wing on that trail. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's witnesses, too. And we run into this gentleman, a couple of years our junior. Uh, he's coming up from the metro area of Minnesota. And um, I'm not trying to paint stereotypes, right? But the stereotypical out of the Orvis catalog that we looked like we were. And this gentleman's wearing blue jeans. He's, he's got a, a more off-road tennis shoe on. He's not wearing a boot. He's got a flannel. He's got an orange cap. And he's got a vest that I can guarantee you has seen more trail miles than I have walked. And he has a full bag of grouse. He is too short of a limit. He's been hunting for three hours. <laughs> and, uh, of course, he sees us and, like, yields to us and he's like oh gosh these guys are serious and we'd start chatting you know it's like hey man where are you from he tells me oh yeah been there done that and how are you doing today he's like it's pretty slow uh, and he had, i think he had four in the bag yeah and i'm like oh okay yeah no you're doing better than we are and he's like yeah sometimes they, you know they just they just don't work the way that you think and he's real kind and polite about it and well good luck to you and again it's like 4 p.m he's been out since 1 30 he walks like 200 <laughs> yards down the trail, ouch, <laughs> dead bird. And then, you know, we're out there pushing around, nothing. Don't even see a bird. A few, I don't know, 20 minutes later, we hear, bang, his general direction. And I'm certain he he sealed the deal and pulled the limit. And uh, he was running a Mossberg youth model 500 with the adjustable stock. that came with spacers that you could put in there. Okay, right. I think they were called the youth combo. Black synthetic gun, it's 299 bucks. And he walked, I guarantee you, he walked out of there with a limit of birds, or very close to. And uh, it's not the gear that kills the bird. Part of it maybe makes the experience for the individual. It's the guy that gets out there and pounds trails, finds birds. 
Made my day. Bill was just infuriated. <laughs> it, it, it's moments like that because you feel so cool. Oh yeah, going going in. Yeah, and then you just you see a person just getting it done. Yep. Without all the stuff. Yep. And then and then you feel kind of stupid. It's like you when feel I, silly. You're like, like, oh, I am I playing the, dress up? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's like when I see the uh, the guy or gal with a hundred eighty inch mule deer and they're wearing duck camo. Like you can't do that. That doesn't work. Yeah, it sure does. Made me laugh. Gosh, good on him. Yeah. And so I hope I run into that guy again. I want to hunt trails with him. He just seemed like such a cool, relaxed guy. Seemed like a mellow dude. It's out in his tennis shoes, just getting it, yeah. getting it done, enjoying himself for the right for the right reasons. So the gun that you brought on this, yeah, four A, yeah, was that your dream shotgun? Uh, it wasn't. It was a good shotgun. It was my first good side by side. What was it? Uh, CZ Ringneck, an older one. Or what when they, it, when they had say. foul side plates on them, so it looks like a side lock gun. It's not. It's a box lock. It's a twenty gauge. It's twenty six inch gun, which isn't ideal. But the reason I bought it, interesting, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a silly preference too. The purist says, "Oh, you ought to shoot a twenty-eight inch or a thirty-inch gun," which is not true. I shoot that gun very well. Wait, why for grouse would you want a twenty-eight inch? Gun? Oh, it's, Mark, it's all about form. It has nothing to do with function. It's just form. I was gonna say because, like, I would think you'd want something intuitively fast. something, yeah. yeah, a little bit shorter, a little bit faster. Because, it, like, when you're like, ah, bang. You yeah, know? and I mean, so there's there's a degree of truth in that. I'll say this. Assuming they can fly and they've surprised you. Correct. Uh, when you're looking at over-under or side-by-side guns, understand that they don't really have the same receiver length that you would say in, say, a Benelli M2 or a okay. Remington A70. Okay. So you, yeah, right? you already have an abbreviated sight radius. Copy that. Yeah. And a longer barrel will gain you back that sight radius. They can get a little whippy when they're lighter, and then we can overswing target. That gun's heavy enough, and I've shot it enough, and I've owned it for enough years that it's not an imposition or a problem. Is it my dream upland gun? It is not. It has been a damned fine upland gun for me the years that I've owned it. And I bought it because it had and has just an unbelievable piece of Turkish walnut on it. And the forend matches the stock, and it's like, wow. I would expect to find that level of walnut on a much more expensive gun. And by that much more expensive, I mean like way more expensive. Way more expensive. Is your dream shotgun way more expensive? Yeah. And the dream what, shotgun isn't... I was going to say, what is, what is... Answer us this question. Yeah. The people want to know. Okay. I want to know. I'm going to back up a little bit. Sounds like you already got a nice one. I'm going to back up. I've owned about every gun I've ever wanted to own. There's only a few that I don't. Um, there's one rifle that I'm, I'm particularly fond of and have had just a hell of a challenge getting my hands on in the, in the right form. And that's a 1903 Manlicker Schoenauer carbine uh, chambered in 6.5 five by 54 Manlicker Schoenauer. They're out there. They're generally hard to come by. I've had the opportunity in hand to purchase one in the 18 years that I've been doing guns professionally. And I passed on it like a fool for something completely ridiculous, irrelevant, and something I never even fired. I bought it, owned it, sold it, squandered the opportunity. Um, I would like a very nice Sharps rifle because they're cool. And then the shotgun, or rather a series of shotguns from uh, the German gun maker out of Sul, Germany, the Merkel. 
The Merkel. The Merkel. Yeah. Dainty little box lock. Very, very strong gun. Have been since their inception. There's a bunch of cool history uh, in that region of the country. You know, the, the gun-making heritage of Sewell, Germany, uh, is exquisite storied history. Um, very, very, very wonderful guns. And bef- So this is? This is, yeah. Merkel. Okay. Yeah. The gun or guns, rather, that I want would be their series of box locks or side locks from Merkel. So to include the Model 360, which is a 410, mm-hmm. the Model 280, which is a 28-gauge, a Model 47 or a 147 in 20-gauge, and I would take that box lock, side lock, or otherwise, a Model 1620, which is a 16-gauge built on a 20-gauge receiver, and then the Model 47 or 147 box lock, side lock in 12-gauge. But uh, Yes. Splinter forends. English style stock, so straight grip, mm-hmm. double triggers. Oh, yeah, because you can get them with pistol grips, single selective triggers. You get them with a beaver tail. You can get them with a splinter. I should say it's like a semi beaver tail. It's not a full beaver tail, but so they gotta have the splinter forend, straight grip, double triggers. I'd prefer them coin finished engraved. I would not turn down a nice case colored gun. Can you tell the listeners? Uh, asking for a friend, what some of these terms that you mentioned mean. So, uh, these are side-by-side shotguns, so their barrels are not superposed on top of each other. They are Mm -hmm. side-by-side. Also referred to as a two-row corn picker um, from my my old shooting coach and friend of mine, Thomas. Splinter forend means that... I like that. uh, I can see where that would uh, come from. Two rows of corn picking. (laughs) Um, So, splinter forend is a very small... Um, a petite wood attachment that clips onto the bottom of the barrels. A splinter would just envision that, like a very thin strip of wood, um, as opposed to a semi-beaver tail, which would almost go completely out to and around the two barrels, and then a full beaver tail, which is a very large C. Browning BSS. They have a beaver tail for a very large, wide piece of wood out front. There's nothing wrong with it. This is more of an aesthetics thing than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, some people vastly prefer beaver tail foreign. I don't. I'd like a splinter. On the triggers. For functionality's sake or just on this? It's an aesthetics thing more than anything. Style or yeah. like tier of yeah. shotgun. Is it just more elegant it, to you? In my opinion, yes. Um, it's it's very dainty, very petite. To pull back an old quote I used to throw, or an old saying I used to throw around a lot. It's very ginger. Hmm. Yeah, so just a small, tiny little wood forend. Double triggers, and I don't have... Why do you want the doubles? It's... Okay, so I'll tell you how I got on this whole train of thought. Uh, My hunting partner has been a major influence in my life. Most of the decisions I've made in firearms have been influenced from him. He's taught me what makes a good gun, what makes a great gun. He's a mechanical wizard. He's, He's just really dialed with respect to firearms, how they work, how they should work, what's good, what's not. He's explained to me that a double trigger in the system is infallible, or as close to infallible as possible. And so over the course of 18 years of knowing him, he's heavily influenced my tastes in these things. I also like the way they look, and of course, from a functionality standpoint, they're really simple. If I want to fire my left barrel, I pick my left barrel trigger. If I want to fire my right barrel, I pick my right barrel trigger. 
I've got other guns that have barrel selectors built into the safety mechanism, mm-hmm. and I've had them built into the trigger mechanism. And there's a bit of a fumbling that goes on with that. Yeah. And because we have more moving parts, and because if you look at how mechanically these things are laid out, there is room for failure in a single selective trigger or a safety selective trigger, mm-hmm. perhaps. So from an elegant standpoint, from a robustness standpoint, I like the double trigger. Moving rearward from there, <laughs> we get into the stock. You have a couple of opportunities. You have a full pistol grip, which is what you would be familiar with on your Benelli M2. It's a pistol grip mm-hmm. shotgun, but not think not like a pistol grip like you'd find on like a tactical shotgun. Mm-hmm. But like it has a traditional yeah. pistol style grip. Nothing wrong with that. They end up being a little heavier depending on how the stock is cut. It might influence how you point and hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, the pistol grip, not for me. A Prince of Wales grip, which is a little bit different, is like a pistol grip and like an English stock married themselves. So you get the benefits of control mm-hmm. in a pistol grip without the excessive weight of a lot of f- full pistol grips. Okay, um, They're just a nice little elegant rounded thing. Just enough. Yeah, just enough. I have a Prince of Wales stocks. I've had a couple. I prefer a straight stock, so no pistol grip. Just a very thin wrist on the sh- on the shotgun itself, like very thin. Comes off the the receiver tangs, goes into the comb, goes into the heel and toe of the stock. Just Is it fragile. Beautiful. Sounds fragile. It could be. It could be. Um, I mean, if you fall with a pistol grip stock and you land on it wrong, you're gonna end up in a world of hurt anyway. But I was hunting with a guy one time. We we're hunting quail, and a really nice guy. And I don't know what shotgun that that he had, but uh, judging, it it fits the description of what you're talking yeah. about, and he was very proud of it, and he, you know, talked about it, yep. and, and then he took a digger and landed on a rock and put a big dent in the barrel and gouged the stock, it's and over. judging from his reaction, he was very, he was not pleased that that had happened. These are the risks that we take. I have not fallen while grouse hunting in many years. Part of that is you are usually walking a pretty accessible trail, but just be cognizant of where you put your feet. Try not to drop your gun. Yeah. It would hurt. It would hurt here. But that, that you know, that's the skinny. I like a nice piece of walnut, too. Um, what makes a good piece of walnut? Good figure, good grain flow. So when you look at that stock, by figure, I mean things like fiddle backing. When you can see the grain lines... You know, how high is the contrast between those grain lines? Does it have like a three-dimensional effect? Is it a beautiful piece of wood or is it, as we would refer to, peach crate, where it just looks like wood? I like wood that has decent figure in it. And then the grain flow has to be appropriate up through the wrist to the receiver. We want a strong stock. It's very attractive. Mark is looking at me like I'm just nuts. It's a shotgun. That's what he's saying inside. No, I mean, it sounds, hey, I... I get liking things for sometimes reasons, um, I, I, not reasons unknown, but reasons that probably defy practicality. Debatably, yeah, debatably. I think a nice gun is a gun you're proud to own, and the gun that you're proud to own, that you can actually shoot well too, If that, that's another big part of it. There, there's like a boost of confidence. We talked about this too, like rifles you can trust. There are good rifles, they shoot good, and then there are rifles that you can trust. That's so funny you say that, yeah. And you have one. Yes. And it's a rifle you can trust. And it just seems like it can do no wrong. 
And I think that part of that comes from a nice shotgun. Is it over the top? Yeah, maybe, I guess. But man ought to own something that he's proud of. I like also that, um, that is, is that a saying from something? What? Is that a man ought to, or what'd you say? A man? Man, man ought to own something he's proud of. I mean, it's the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Maybe. That's pretty big. We asked about your dream shotgun, and there was five? Yeah, 360, 280, 47 or 147, 20, 16, 20, and then a 47 or 147, 12 gauge. Yeah. That's a lot uh, of it's, stream shotguns. It's a handful. I mean, it's the full it's the full complement of Upland, right? So 410, squirrels, rabbits, maybe quail. It's an expert's gun, though. Never get a 410 for a kid. <laughs> I mean, really, we're talking like the threshold of insanity. I, I went I went rabbit hunting one day. I did it a couple times with my 22 over 410. Yeah. And, uh, man, I was really wishing I had those uh, second couple shots. <laughs> <laughs> or literally any because I never ended, yeah. I never ended up using the twenty two yeah. uh, capability. Yeah. It was always just like bang, damn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the twenty eight um, quail grouse even pheasant with the right load. The twenty is probably the most versatile upland chambering. I mean, from squirrels and rabbits to even really big upland think like sage grouse. You get a heavy payload. Sixteen gauges. It's just a it's a gauge that nobody loves for no good reason. So it's like one of the most perfect gauges too. And then 12 gauges, you know, bigger upland if you're hunting late season roosters or, or sages or any any bird that's going to bust and heavier cover or at longer distances, having that extra payload's nice. And then, you know, I'd hunt waterfowl with them too if I ever hunt waterfowl again. I think that'd be fun. It'd be on a very nice day. I've got guns for sprinkly days too. If uh, I've got guns for sprinkly days too. Yeah. If we hunt grouse together sometime mm-hmm. this year, which I we've been saying this for f- ten years, I've been here eight, and so eight? we've been talking about it for eight. Yep. Can I use my twelve gauge if I use my Browning A five hundred G? Yeah, it's fine. Do you own twenty? No. Okay, you can use your twelve gauge. Um, we're gonna have to clean it. Okay. Deal. Ryan, thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's uh. This was a fun conversation. It is. It's fun to hear about these fine, fine firearms. Shotgun, shotguns I, are works of art. I generally find shotguns more lovable than rifles. And I like rifles, but man, do I like shotguns. Yeah. It just seems like there's a, there's a little bit more to them. Not more to them for some reason, but there's more. I know what mi- you're saying. Maybe more more history there's, or more tradition. It's a richer, huh? warmer tone. Rifles are a very utilitarian piece. Some rifles. Most, yeah. ri- most rifles are pretty utilitarian. They serve a function. They need to do that function. And beyond that, oftentimes they, they just... Like a, a rifle might carry sentimental value sure. and, and be very important for a variety of reasons. But like yeah. you said, like a little bit more utilitarian yeah. where this, like, you're, the, the reasons for carrying a certain shotgun, like the ones you describe here, yeah. go beyond Yeah, maybe that. mostly I just want to look like something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then just be brought crashing back down to earth when you meet the dude in his yeah. jean jacket, you know, in a crush pack of smokes, just crushing grouse, yeah. and you're like, uh, yeah. throw your hands in the air. So, yeah, I like it, Ryan. Yeah, gosh, I'd love to try and shoot a bird with you this year. Let's do it. Let's try and make it happen. Okay. You know what gets in the way? Families, life, and, and antlers. Not because for me so much. At press time, 
I have yet to fill my archery buck you tag. Know, Mark, me too, but I'm not losing any sleep over it. Oh, I'm losing a lot of sleep over yeah, it. I'm, I'm planning my entire late season right now because I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm, for a variety of reasons, I am not going to be able to hunt the tail end of the archery rut here, which is going to thrust me right into rifle season. And then, you know, then it's, uh, trying to get one of them late season bucks down, you which know, I'm mentally committed to giving it a try. So you can find grouse most places. Just walk in, find them, flush them, shoot at them, miss. I missed a woodcock the other day. Did you? I got a was tree. Was that this last weekend? It or? was. I got yeah. a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about a two and a half inch <laughs> diameter uh, aspen. Took most of the pattern. So, How'd you know it was an aspen? Because of the way it is. Oh. Yeah. Correct answer. All right. We're way over time here, everybody. But a topic as important as, the, as this one requires a little bit more time. In fact, you can't rush perfection. You can't rush perfection. No. So, Ryan, as per usual, thanks for joining me. It's always good chatting. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes. Do you have a dream shotgun? What's your dream shotgun and why? And uh, what gauge is it? And what gauge do you think is the most appropriate to chase grouse? Until next time. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. See ya.